Hey, welcome back into BetMGM Tonight. Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser, live from the BetQL studios here in Washington, D.C. Nick and Trista with the night off. They'll be off. Actually, the entire week we'll be holding it down. We'll have some college football previews all week long. There's the Urfi, Horvat. Love to see it, baby. Always get on the board. Told you I like There's the O's tonight. Love to see it. See? Cash that coming Yerfie. into this one. Let's go. Man, the O's are hot, Peach. They're, hot. They're gonna win that division. They're gonna screw my Tampa bet. I just know it. God, I hope so. I just I know apologize, it. Apologize, but I hope so. I know it. A busy day. DeAndre Hopkins looks like he's gonna be heading to Tennessee. He's gonna join the Titans to talk about that. Maybe a little SEC as well. We welcome on now Joe Rexrode, senior writer, columnist over for the Athletic Nashville. Uh, also co-host over on ESPN 1025 The Game as well. Joe, thanks so much for giving us some time tonight. How are you? I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me. So let's start with the Titans, man, because going into the offseason, you know, there were some reports, some rumors. Maybe they were looking to trade Derrick Henry, which I guess would make sense. He's 29 years old. Uh, I believe he's led the league in carries three of the last four years. Uh, Ryan Tannehill's not getting any younger. He's going to be 35. Actually, I believe he turns 35 now this month. Um, but then they go out today. They sign DeAndre Hopkins to a two-year deal, $15 million the first year, which makes sense. You look at that wide receiver room, you lose, you lose Robert Woods. How do you feel about this signing, and what are your expectations for that offense going into the season now? Well, it was a, a hugely important signing uh, for this offense, which I think you could make the case the Titans might have had the worst or at least you know, the least proven receiver room in the league before signing DeAndre Hopkins. I think it's kind of clear now that this was kind of the plan. You know, Vrabel, after the draft, after the Titans didn't take a receiver till the seventh round, he he sort of hinted at, you know, a plan that he wasn't going to divulge at the time. And you go back and listen to what he said after the draft, and it, it does feel like this was sort of the idea all along. Of course, he was with Hopkins for four years in Houston. And, you know, to your point, they did inquire about Henry, Tannehill. There, there was a, a scenario where the Titans really, like, blow it up, you know, and just kind of start fresh and instead – you know, not really finding a lot of market. We all know what, you know, that's all the talk in the league right now is what's happened to the running back in this league, but they decided to run it back. And so if you're going to do that, even though you took Will Levis in the second round, you have a veteran, very good defense. You've got Henry, who still was really good last year. I mean, he was great last year considering the offensive line. Yeah. And Tannehill's been a good quarterback. So you really needed to go try to do something to, especially help Tannehill, you know, I mean, the, the offense has just deteriorated around him since it was, you know, one of the best offenses in the league in 2020 and even for parts of 2021 when this was the number one seed in the AFC. So finally they do something for him rather than take something away like A.J. Brown or lose their left tackle and then don't have an adequate replacement. So I think now they have a chance to have a, a, a decent, maybe good offense. The offensive line is still a huge question. But with Traylon Burks in his second year, Chigga Conquo in his second year, promising young players, you add Hawkins to that mix, and the skill group looks pretty good. Yeah, Joe, do you think this is finally the year where we start to see the Titans turn in a little bit more of a passing team? Obviously, their offense is going to run through Derek, but like you said, Burks is in year two. You go out and get Hopkins. Last two years, you've drafted quarterbacks. Do you, do you start thinking that Tennessee might be a little more of a passing offense? I do. I absolutely do. I think that's and, – and whether they signed Hopkins or not, I thought that after watching them in the spring. You know, Tim Kelly is the new OC. Now, he was here last year technically as, you know, passing game coordinator. But, but you know, I mean, he was sort of – just sort of helping out with the tight ends and, and, you know, helping out with game planning. But he's the new OC. He, of course, was with Vrabel in Houston. 
he was with Hopkins in Houston, and, and really he's kind of brought that offense. So, I mean, Hopkins, if it was the Patriots or the Titans, he was basically going to be going to roughly the same offense he, you know, he played in in Houston. And uh, I think you're going to see a lot more quick passing. I think you're going to see more play action. I think that the OC, Todd Downey, did not take advantage enough of play action. Ryan Tannehill's a very good play action quarterback. Hopkins is uh, you know, has great play action numbers. And I just I think it's going to be more balanced, and I don't think you're going to see these ridiculous uh, uh, carry numbers for Derrick Henry. He's still a central part of the offense. They're going to run outside zone all the time still. But, yes, I, I do think it will be more balanced, and I think they need to be. How do you feel about the defense coming into the season? Because last year I believe they had the most adjusted games lost to injury. It just didn't make sense because they were the best DVOA against the run, but they couldn't stop the pass, I believe, 28th. Do you feel better coming into the season if they're able to stay healthy, or do you still have kind of the same concerns? Yeah, I mean, a big thing with that defense, you know, last year a lot of things happened. You know, the last two years the Titans have had the most rostered players in history in the NFL, you know, because of injuries. And, so, and then even guys who were, who were, you know, gutting it out last year, including Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry, they just were not themselves. I mean, down the stretch that seven game losing streak, Jeffrey Simmons, you know, was shooting up his ankle and getting out there, but he wasn't, he wasn't doing much. They lost Harold Landry to a torn ACL right before the season started last year. They're leading, you know, uh, pass rusher from the year before. He's back. You always got to, you know, take into account that first year off an ACL. You got to keep the expectations a little bit limited, but they signed Arden Key, which I actually think is an underrated little signing in the offseason. Landry back, Simmons healthy, signed a new deal. And, yeah, I mean, you know, against the pass, you're right, the numbers are terrible. Um, I do think, I mean, in some cases, um, you know, it's it's just, I mean, the, the run defense is very good, and, you know, I mean, there were, there were some gains where, where things got away from them. But they have a pretty good secondary, again, if healthy. Christian Fulton, can he stay on the field all year? You got Kevin Byard and Amani Hooker at safety. It's a very good tandem. So I, I do think the defense has a chance to be very good. Like, at some point, they're, they're either going to have good health luck or you just have to, like, start moving on from more players who continue to have these soft tissue injuries. Joe, how close do you think the gap is between Tennessee and Jacksonville in that AFC South? I think, you know, eight, nine out of ten people probably think the Jags win that division. But last year, it took a historical collapse for the Titans and a big winning streak from the Jags to win that division. It came down to the last week of the season. Do you think the gap between the two teams is maybe closer than people realize? I do. And I, I honestly thought so before this signing. But, yeah, I think it's really close. I'd still pick the Jags. But they do have the first-place schedule. And like you said, I mean, you come down to to the end last year, it took the Titans. I mean, the Titans had like a four-game lead at Thanksgiving, you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, the collapse was epic. And, and look, to Jacksonville's credit, their their surge late was, was very impressive. But you got Joshua Dobbs signed like for about 10 days at that point because they just couldn't go with Malik Willis as a rookie. And, I mean, he's won, you know, really close call strip sack from them winning that game in Jacksonville, winning the division. So um, I think Jacksonville is very good. You know, we'll see if Trevor Lawrence can take that next step. I, I mean, obviously Doug Peterson just stabilized this thing. He's a very good coach. But I do. I think it's going to be a really good race in the, in the last game of the regular season. It's in Nashville between those two teams. And I think there's a good chance it means something. You know, yeah, and that's a great point because you look at it and you said Josh Dobbs, must-win game. He's starting. Malik Willis didn't look great in his three starts. He drafted Will Levis. 
uh, 30th in passing yards. I believe they tied for 28th in passing touchdowns with just 16. Now you add Hop. How do you feel about the quarterback room? You know, like, what are the early reports on Will Levis? You know, we've seen some things like maybe Malik Willis is having a better camp, which would be great because Malik Willis didn't look very good. But uh, how are, where are you at with that room, and how do you feel about Levis, you know, moving forward? Yeah, and of course, you know, last year, you know, they're six and six with Tannehill, so they go one and four without him. So yeah. that's you know, and and he's he's a good player, so they feel good about him. This is probably his last go. I would agree with people who say Willis was better than Levis in the spring. I don't. I think the gap is very close, and you could look at it and say, well, the guy who's been in the league for a year should be ahead of the rookie, right? I mean, I still think. You know, the chances are good that Levis eventually ascends to QB2. And right now, I would, my money would be on Levis being the starting quarterback. But yeah, he looked like a rookie in the spring. He had some very good moments. He had some moments where you could tell he was out there swimming. And to Willis's credit, I mean, he clearly worked his butt off in the offseason. I mean, it was, he never should have seen the field last year. You know, anybody who knows anything about that Hugh Freeze offense, yeah. like, it's such a transition. And, I think the Titans made a mistake in making him QB two as a rookie because he just he just should have had a total red shirt. But he's gotten better, and I, I think it's and the Titans hope you know that they elevate each other with that competition. Um, and I do think there's a decent chance that they do end up keeping you know all three guys on the fifty three. Yeah, Joe, I want to talk some college football now with you. I want to talk some Tennessee. And, look, the schedule, obviously, every year they know they're going to play Georgia and Alabama. Those are going to be two big games. What should we expect from Joe Milton this season? Heupel has this program really excited. The expectations are as high as they've been the last 15, 20 years or so. And this offense was the number one offense in the country last year. We know Heupel's system works. And Milton has as big his arm as anybody. Do you think it can translate into some wins, though, this year? And do you think Tennessee can be in the national championship kind of Final Four conversation once again this year? It's hard for me to get to playoff, you know, actual national title contender. Joe Milton is going to be fascinating. I mean, mm-hmm. he has the best arm I've ever seen. I mean, really. <laughs> I, I, like, like he, can do, he can do things throwing a football that, like, I don't know anybody else who can do it and that that doesn't just mean like throw it 80 yards on a line like here and there I mean a couple of his TD passes in the Orange Bowl against Clemson in the red zone were just absolute NFL throws but then he misses too many layups and of course everybody knows he overthrows those deep shots too often he's worked hard on that on on, you know making that deep ball less flat he's you know you're talking like 6'5 you know 250 and you know very good athlete the guy can back standing backflip but it's so unrealistic to me to think that he's going to just come in and, and do what Hendon Hooker did. Hendon Hooker was absolutely incredible in his two years as quarterback. He was a Heisman front runner before Georgia took the balls apart, and then of course he, he tears the ACL against South Carolina. I think Tennessee is going to be very good. Like I would pick them to go like nine and three right now. Maybe they can be ten and two. I think Joe Milton's going to win a lot of games. I think Joe Milton has the talent to be a first round quarterback. I also think given his inconsistency and just given the unknown at this point, like if you tell me he's a six round pick next year, I'd believe that too. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just it, the range of possibilities for him is amazing. I can't wait to see it. I'll tell you that. He's a uh, 25 to one to win Heisman. So mm-hmm. if I was, if I were to give you Georgia and this is just the sec, Georgia or the field in the sec this year, would you go with Georgia or would you take the field and who else could you make the case for this year? Uh, other than them, they've just been a juggernaut, obviously the last couple of years here. 
Yeah, it's such a fascinating year in the SEC because of all the quarterback transitions. So uh, it's tough. I might take the field because I do like LSU. I do. I like LSU. And look, uh, I don't know exactly how quarterbacks going to work out for Alabama, but I also I'm always leery of like like Alabama and a little bit of a down period. Like I just feel like they still have so much to offer, and they obviously have to figure out that position. Um, but like you said, Georgia's, I mean, they've been incredible. Well, what they've done on defense, to not just, just send first-round picks to the league all over the place and then just reload and have more, it's incredible. I, like, I think the run they're on with defensive talent and, and development is, like, better than any stretch under saving, and that's saying something. But I think that might go field. Yeah, man, it's going to be interesting. Who do you think the biggest surprise, before we let you go, Joe, who do you think the biggest surprise in the SEC, either good or bad, will be this season? Ah, that is a very good question. Um, that is a really good question. You know, I think biggest. Um, I think biggest surprise. Good, maybe Texas A&M. You know, they still have a lot of dudes. Yeah. They have a young quarterback who's very promising. And look, make all the jokes you want, and we'll all make them. But Bobby Petrino can call plays, man. Bobby Petrino. Is a is a good hire and Jimbo Fisher and that archaic offense so badly needed a, a new mind in the room. So I think that might be the team. Yeah, I'm with you there, man. Yeah. A great recruiting class. I mean, they didn't live up to the hype. And like Jimbo, if he doesn't win now, obviously he's he's never gonna. Yeah. He's on the hook for a lot of money. Thanks so much, Joe. I will have to have you on again soon here during the season. Okay, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate thanks, Joe. It. Really good stuff. That's Joe Rexroad. Give him a follow on Twitter. Joe Rexroad, senior writer, columnist for The Athletic in Nashville. Also the co-host of Robbie and Rexroad, ESPN 1025 The Game.